0: The world of football with a soccer perspective This is Soccer Today With Dwayne Rollins and Kevin Laramie Live on the Sports Podcasting Network Good day, good night and welcome to Soccer Today For Friday, September 27th 2019 I'm Kevin Laramie joined by Dwayne Rollins. Dwayne will know if our listeners are really observative because all week I don't know if you notice I've had like a little bit bigger bags under my eyes than usually that's because since Monday midnight I've been playing FIFA 20 Dwayne.
1: Uh, yes he has been. I can attest to this normally Kevin's very responsive in the mornings when I text him ideas as I'm you know on the bus at seven in the morning texting stuff but Radio silence till about nine thirty. A lot of days this week. So thats all. Oh, yeah, FIFA dropped, okay, yeah, uh, don't worry. Kevin's okay. He'll 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 surface eventually, and everything will be fine.
0: Exactly, and everything is fine. And Dwayne, I'll let you ask me a few questions about FIFA. But this is the one show of the year that I'm really excited to do. I'm always excited to do shows. That's not true. But FIFA 20 is something that is bigger than a video game. It's a, It's a community. It's a, it's a lifestyle, pretty much nowadays. And I've been playing a lot since Monday. And of course, we'll, we'll go with the weekend review, weekend preview at the, end the second half of the show. We'll look at the games in Europe and, of course, games in Major League Soccer. But, Dwayne, FIFA 20 has been a fun, uh, a fun experience this week.
1: Yeah, and before we jump into it, so we've we've had this conversation before, both on here and on our Five Rings show, about the importance of FIFA and video games to fandom and and to the sport in general, and how it's influenced the game. And I don't think a lot. I I suspect most of our listeners understand that, and and will know why we're dedicating a block to reviewing a video game but it is a massive thing you know i think i've told the story several times now so i won't go into detail but you know my ex-brother-in-law only became a soccer fan because he played fifa right like this is a an important landmark in any calendar year um football manager also is and, and that's why i'm more on that end of things uh it's a different kind of fan that gets into that they're not becoming yeah. fans they, they're <laughs> becoming <laughs>
0: they've been a fans, massive
1: fans <laughs> at that point, but. yeah
0: but you know when you mention it's it's For me, it's the new gateway for soccer fandom, and I have been playing FIFA since FIFA 09, like hardcore. I started playing hardcore FIFA 11, I would say, and with the excitement of the Montreal Impact joining Major League Soccer and and all that hype surrounding soccer in, in my city and, of course, in our country. I've been playing hardcore since maybe FIFA 11, but it has become a gateway. Often, Dwayne, people ask me, Kevin, how come you know the team in the third division that plays in Portsmouth? Well, it's because I played with them when I was bored at 2 a.m. in the morning on a random Tuesday in 2012. So that's exactly why. It is because you find ways to discover club, discover teams, and I had a great experience in FIFA 19. I barely mentioned it when we talked about Bury, uh, Bury uh, folding a few, being expelled from the league a couple of weeks ago, Dwayne, but... I discovered this club a year ago to this day. They were the club that I was going through League 2 clubs to, to start a manager career mode with and to progress and make him go to the, to, to, to the Premier League, which is kind of uh, ironic that last week I qualified Bury for the Premier League. But uh, I've discovered that club and a few players, so it did make me a bit more interested in the news. So it is a gateway, and now in a world where Premier League, the Champions League are on over-the-top services in Canada. The Canadian Premier League is on over-the-top services. A lot of Chinese Super League, a lot of other soccer products are not available on regular television. Soccer gaming and FIFA has become, I think, the biggest gateway into making new soccer fans.
1: And, uh, absolutely. And I, I mean, when you go back to when we interviewed the Canadian Premier League um, commissioner on, on two solitudes. You can go back in our archive archive for $2 a month or more and get that if you want. We asked him about FIFA directly, and the efforts of that league to get in there for this very reason, because we realized how important it is for a young Canadian kid in Regina to be playing FIFA and go, what's this, Canada? There's a team? Because that will happen. And (laughs) the answer he gave, this is a a man older than me, you know, that's worked in Tim Hortons. You wouldn't think that would be hip to the kids with the video games and all that. But he absolutely understood by his answer how important it was to to be part of that platform. And, well, the fact that he also are, understood how competitive it is to get on there. So, yeah. you know.
0: And the fact that he already had contact with FIFA. Like, Canada's got one big thing going for them. FIFA's made in its own country. So dangle a little yeah. tax credit in front of dangle the tax credit carrot, be like, well, you know, if you include the Canadian Premier League, it would be counted as, as social services. No, it's a
1: social yeah. service. Sure.
0: Why yeah. not? Give a tax credit.
1: I would think, actually, that leagues like the King Premier League would be quite popular even inside outside of Canada for, for the reasons you just sort of spoke to, that there are a lot of gamers all over the world that would be attracted to playing with this weird team in Canada to as a challenge, you know. Like, if you're, if you're very good, I'm sure playing against, <laughs> with a very bad team against a very, very good team is something you do hmm. to, to improve yourself. So, so that would be something that would be useful. And well, what's actually... Fu-
0: the reason why a lot of people play with teams from League 2, League 1... Because the the progression is fun, and since last year, and then we'll we'll transition to the review. Since last year, Dwayne, it's a little detail you'll you'll think, but the badges on the sleeves of the kit, right? They changes from whichever league you play in, right? But forever, the computer, like in the game, you were playing. Example, the League Two team. I'll use Bury as an example again, and I was progressing and I was being promoted to league one and then the championship and premier league but the badges on the sleeves would never change right they would just stay league two so it kind of took the the disbelief out of it but now since last year that's changing so example well I did something last year and I did it uh, started this week too, but a manager career where you can import a club in any other league so I import the impact in league two (laughs) in England but then you have the 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 shirt of the impact with the League 2 logo, and then you play an FA Cup game, and you have the impact with the FA Cup logo on the sleeve. It sounds silly. It's so satisfying and rewarding to see. It's hard to explain. But the same thing goes for taking your team from League 2 to the Premier League, and you see the club, and I wish there was more you could do, and we'll get into it in the career mode. I wish you could, example, you have a Team Bury, you have a Bury Stadium, 10,000 people, not even. I wish... When you progress and you get promoted, you get to the Premier League. I wish you could just build a stadium, buy a stadium, whatever. But that's just maybe an idea for future career mode. But that's the that's the romanticism of the promotion relegation in a video game, where you can progress a team, and it's the fan, it's the football manager way, the RPG way, the role playing as a manager or as a player in FIFA. That does. Feels so satisfying. like It's a waste of time, or it's a waste of <laughs> maybe good time, but you know, it's it's so satisfying for some reason. It,
1: yeah, you're talking about when you get into building stadiums and and all that sort of stuff, and editing teams into other leagues. You're you're, you're getting into the geekdom of, of this Championship Manager slash Football Manager, which we will talk about in a month when it comes out. Don't worry, I will commit to doing a similar review to this. But let's jump into our review you now, Kevin. And I. I have not played the game. I do not have a modern, I don't have a PS4. I have a PS3 still, which has FIFA, but, you know, we're not going to talk about that. So maybe I, you're talking about this, and I feel like left out. Like, I think I might actually buy a PS4 <laughs> or even wait till the PS5 comes out in the in the spring, too. I think it's the spring anyway, uh, to, so I can be part of the conversation again. But, but regardless, let, let's have a conversation now, Kevin. I haven't heard anything about this. I'm going in blind, so... So this is a pure interview that way. In the past, when we've had these conversations, you've talked about the journey and, and sort of that extra sort of special thing. Is there something like that in this game?
0: Well, there is. And it's a bit different, though. And now you can see on your screen the Montreal Impact playing FC Cincinnati. That's me last night playing a random game. So you can see the intro. You can see the graphics. You can see how Nacho Piatti looks like Nacho Piatti. Safir Tider looks like Saphir Tider, And that guy next to Piatti, well, that's me. That's called Lala. But well, that's something else. There is... Something close to what the journey was. It's a very short, shortened journey. It's called Volta and it's based around street soccer. So it's based around futsal and playing outdoor soccer style cage soccer. So yeah, 3v3, 4v4, 5v5, and classic futsal rules. Volta is a bit like a traveling journey where you go with your team that you put together from team to team you play against world from world and you you make your way from the dingy streets of rio and the favelas to the beautiful futsal stadium of barcelona and uh, other places in europe and you you progress and you get you unlock things that you can put like clothing and you better your what they call the vanity rewards, which is, example, example, oh, shoes or pants. You dress them the way you want, and you'll see in a few minutes on your screen what it does look like, the futsal mode, but it is interesting. The journey aspect is just progressing your team and beating other teams, other squads online or a single player for the story mode and online for progressive mode, but... It's not the pure essence of the game, but it's a big part, and it's one of the biggest features of this game is this futsal, what they called Volta, which is a take on FIFA Street a decade ago without rewarding points for style. This is purely about soccer and scoring goals, so I like that aspect.
1: That sounds interesting for sure. And, you know, I think that it's important for these games to always add something new each year. And, and probably have they done a similar journey that they've done for the past, I think two releases, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was two releases. They had that, right? Yep. Three, uh, three um,
0: years in a row. And then the last one was last year.
1: Yeah. So have they done another one, it would be kind of a stretch to make it original. And, and I do think that they have to be somewhat cognizant of that as people are buying this game every year. And part of that's just for the updates, but you want to have some new features. Um, in terms of the depth, is there any new leagues? Is there any uh, surprises to this? Or, or is it pretty much what we've expected in the past?
0: There's a couple of new leagues. There's one team that is not in there. Famously, Juventus is not in FIFA 20. They signed an exclusive contract with Pro Evolution Soccer, which is the old, the biggest rival. The other biggest soccer game, which has like not even 20% of the market, if not even less. Apparently, it's a very good game. I've never tried Pro Evolution. Uh, no, it's on me i'm a fifa guy but it is what it is it's not i'm not choosing teams i don't like one over the other i just i'm in north america pro evolution soccer wasn't always available to me the same way as fifa is because it's konami it's an asian company and things are a bit different and graphics are a bit different i'm more a soccer for for ea sports i guess but there is uh, another i would say competitor but they have a team that is Juventus and has the same players and similar kind of looking shirt, but it's called Piemonte Calcio, because of course Juventus. <laughs> like
1: a, sorry to interject. That's like a flashback to the video games when I was a kid, when they couldn't get the rights and they had the names were kind of the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fun.
0: Like a Manchester United, <laughs> United yeah. or something, right? But uh, uh, are the
1: players' names. Uh, the players same names are the right. Are they, like, no,
0: they're just they're the right ones because of the fifth okay. pro. Uh, which is the professional football association in the entire world, has agreements with FIFA. So that's why you actually have the likeness of Ronaldo and DiBala, And Dybala's name is used in the promotion of there. And also, Dwayne, big thing, it's the only place where you can experience the competition, energy, and excitement of the world's most popular league, the Premier League. And the Premier League experience will feature all 20 clubs, all 20 stadiums, and authentic broadcasts. Uh, Commentary and pre-match choreography package Making the most authentic ever rotation of the league So, yeah So, Premier League looks awesome in this game And you'll see in a few, uh, few shows A uh, few minutes I have uh, some images of futsal With Chelsea playing against Arsenal But you get what I mean It is... About the big leagues, yes, there's a couple of new smaller leagues, like the Chinese Super League is there this year, the Poland League, the Polish League, which I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name of the Poland League, because it's like the Poland P-K-O-B-P-Estra Klasa is in, the Saudi Pro League is in this year, so you do have a couple of new leagues joining FIFA, but no, not Canadian Premier League, not this year. Oh,
1: so you can have Sebastian Giovinco, though. Hey. Yeah,
0: you can play with his uh, club. Uh, Playing against
1: TFC.
0: <laughs> sure, you can play against TFC if you want, and for whatever that could be, you can just do a random exhibition. But there's a lot of new graphics and camera angles and changes and the volta mode you just saw on your screen when you score a goal you have the the replay the vantage point of someone with their phone in the stands kind of like filming you it's kind of attracting and it does give a different feel and when you switch over from 19 to 20 you do see feel a difference
1: I'm going to ask you a difficult question i, I am as we are talking i have seriously been thinking about upgrading my system and, and having it back i have a a place now which would make sense to have a video game system it, it would fit my lifestyle a little bit more now than it has in the past i legitimately am thinking of of doing this and going back into this a little bit i am absolutely objectively terrible you've seen me play fifa you know i'm not lying how hard would it be for someone like me who is oh. Not played in many years, or someone who is brand new to gaming to jump in and be not like to enjoy themselves? Are, are the controls so difficult now that it is like a gateway? It's a, a gatekeeper to entry, or, or are there ways to play this game and learn it so that you can feel that you're not embarrassing yourself when you play?
0: Oh, for sure, there's going to be a learning curve, but I think because you haven't played 19. 18, or probably 17, you're not going to be as disadvantaged as the players moving in because you're not used to other things, right? You're just used to nothing yet, so there's that. In FIFA 20, the speed aspect of players is very different. In FIFA 19, even though, example, I'll use an MLS example so you can understand, you would have a Dominic Argyro super fast. You coming ball nineteen? That's okay. FIFA seventeen Dominic Aduro, super fast <laughs> running at your defenders, and your defender, even though they're not as fast, they were able to almost catch up to him and stop him from just walking all around them, and that's kind of like not realistic. But this year in FIFA twenty, as you can see right now on your screen, when you come with pace with speed at a defender, if he misses his first step, if he's not adjusting correctly to your your trajectory towards him—you're just gonna blow by him, like you would in real life. The speed aspect is has been redefined, and is—they got it. I wouldn't say right; it's not realistic, a hundred percent. But it's closer to it than it was in FIFA 19. That being said, defending has been—I wouldn't say upgraded, but has been a revamped. You defend in a more realistic way. You don't just run at defenders, press, slide, tackle, and hope for the best. You actually have to, to pace yourself. You defend more like you would in Europe as an actual player than you would in Major League Soccer. You don't just attack. You give the guy a yard or two a space. You look at his hips, and you see where he's going, and you try to, to counteract there. But if you get beat by speed, which you, in real life, if you do get beat by speed, the player is going to have an advantage. It's the same. So those graphics, the speed aspect really makes a big difference. But what makes a big difference, too, is the ball graphics, the realism of the ball, when it hits the grass, you see the ball lose speed, so you have to kick it a little bit more. It, so it makes everything feels a bit more chaotic, but in real life, that's what it is. So that's chaotic is not the right word. It's not chaotic per se, but it is just more just random as it would in real life. It it does happen sometimes that the ball just bounces a bit weirdly off the ball. Where you you get those realistic feature in this game. But to go back to your question, the controls, of course, are easy. But it can be complicated too. Yeah. They could be easy if you just press pass and shoot and you don't try to do finesse shots, you don't try to do strife dribbling, which isn't something new. You hit a button, then you you uh, slap the joystick one way and your player is going to roll the ball on one side or the other to give you more space and then you can run. There's a lot of complicated maneuvers you can do using different controls than just a shoot and a pass button. But you can get around it if you just want to play easily. Normally playing just pass and shoot don't use all the complicated controls but if you want to they are there to be used as well
1: i'm sure if you're someone who just wants to play pass and shoot you can probably play the uh you know the the ai the computer at a low level and and have some fun with it is is what i would expect
0: of course and there's, there's a lot of uh emphasis on fifa ultimate team which is of course The mode where FIFA eSports makes a ton of money.
1: Microtransactions.
0: Microtransactions, of course, to the loot boxes thesis where you get, you dangle a character. Oh, you have an odd to get the best player in the world. You could get Messi. You could get Ronaldo or you could get Pozuelo, which I did get earlier this week. And I was like, oh, man, oh, oh, man, Pozuelo. Jesus Christ. And I have to play him because he's one of my good guys. But yeah, (laughs) you never know what you're going to get in the packs. I did buy a, an edition that gives me a three days early access, and with that edition, which I paid more money for, does give me a lot of packs, so I might play more Ultimate Team than I would in the past. The gameplay, the, it's a bit different. It's, it's a bit more strategy and execution-based. Like, Ultimate Team is used often, well, it is used for competition. The highest level you could play. There's less wonkiness that happens. And this game as a whole, the shooting aspect, Dwayne, has been revamped gone are the days where you would hold the shoot button for just a second and the ball would go outside the stadium. It's more realistic. The ball feels like it's heavier. I think it's the best way to describe it. When you play and you're used to playing FIFA 19 and you would hold the shoot button, you would shoot in one place and it it would work the way you want, but now it feels like the ball is a bit heavier. So there is an adjustment period, and I'm not even adjusted yet. I'm getting there. But there is an adjustment period uh, heading into FIFA 20.
1: I'll tell you tell you right now, I hated the shooting feature and the more modern games. Whenever I did play them, I could not keep the ball anywhere close to the goal. That was one of the things that frustrated me the most. So if they've made that, um, I don't know, if easier is the right way to put it, if more realistic, I, I'd be happy with that. Yeah,
0: it is. Well, it's a bit more realistic and it's a bit more, I wouldn't say easier, but once you get the hang of it, it's a bit more intuitive. intuitive yeah, It's literally the word I was looking for. Before we move on, Dwayne, there's one thing I want to talk about. There's a little, I thought you would, you would think that's funny because it's it, not that it involves your team, but your team is used across the web right now to identify and explain that uh, that problem in FIFA career Mode. okay? So example, if you're the manager of a club, Dwayne, and uh, you have a lot of games, when you play against a lower team, you would put your B team, right? Or your C team or your reserve sure. team. So there's something happening now in the career mode in FIFA, when you play either a player career or manager career, I've tried both, your opponent often thinks that you're a bad team and plays the reserve team even though you're a good team. So, for example, I'm the Montreal Impact. I'm playing an MLS game. I'm Lala, just one player. So I'm playing for the Impact, and I'm playing against... We'll use a team that is, uh, has big names. I'm playing against LAFC. Well, Vela and Rossi and Diomande are on the bench. It's the backup team that starts the game every time... So when it's simulated, and at the end of the year, or for cup tournaments, or for anything, you get weird results, like Manchester City finished 16th in a career mode that was simulated yesterday. And other teams like this as well. So it's a glitch, we'll see. It's day one. Literally, the full game came out last night at midnight Eastern time. Wherever you are, it came out at midnight to your time. So we'll see if they address this quickly. But it does give a little bit of suspension of disbelief. When you're ma- simulating a career, or you're simulating a manager game, and you you put your A squad and your example, Manchester United, and then you face City, and City puts their B squad because they think you're not that good, which might be real life this season, but at least in this version of the game, it's not realistic.
1: It, it's always complicated to get that kind of AI right. I mean... FIFA is a game that is primarily about the playing of rather than the simulation of, of results, even in Football Manager, which is a simulation account uh, game where, where they, that's their bread and butter. They still sometimes get some wonky stuff that happens. Hell, I've seen Canada make the quarterfinals of a World Cup on a, on a championship manager of uh, safe, so figure that one out. But, you know, it's it's an ongoing issue, and as long as they're doing it um, – you know consistently on stuff like that and, and because the modern you know everything's in the cloud nowadays so they can make these fixes it's not like it's 1997 and you get the disc and that's it right
0: yeah no exactly you have updates and usually there's already been one or two updates this week and there's going to be more updates in the future but this about wraps it up of course the gameplay i've talked about i'm still getting the grasp of it it's only been four days that i've been playing and i'm working on probably next week a video version long form version of a review of fifa for the first time ever this year i have the capabilities of recording myself playing and being able to record things so i might work on a couple of videos next week in my days off because i have a few more next week to, okay, Kev,
1: uh, quickly before we go, I, I'm always curious about the goalkeeping because I know in the past when I play a lot of sports games that that aspect has been hard. How would you, Claire, characterize this? I didn't ask you I was going to do this, so not do really, your best. But
0: I haven't noticed anything bad so far. I haven't seen any big, uh, I would say, animation flaws where you would say a keeper. The keeper AI has been helped a bit, and I think that's a repercussion of the defense AI the defender's AI that has been worked the AI general of your teammates is, is better they're they position themselves in space better and I think that doesn't include the goalkeeper too I have seen goalkeepers stop shots that usually would have gone in at the same level of difficulty that I'm used to playing so that's a positive because you want to be realistic and you want to be a bit different the same shot shouldn't go in all the time right? Sometimes it should and sometimes it shouldn't. We've all seen in HL 94 the famous example of you go the J goal, right? You go from the right side and you go to the cut to the left side right in from the goal. You got an open goal, you shoot. You don't want that to happen. So the goalkeeper AI and the animation and the movement of the goalkeepers do seem a bit more realistic and intuitive than last year. So that is the case and also the jerseys have all been upgraded mls style you see all the details and the beauty of the texture of the different materials used for goalkeeper jerseys and the the depth of the stripe of adidas is, it's that defined and that amazing to look at so now i think they did the goalkeeper uh a, a good i would say a good simulation of a goalkeeper or the closest thing to a simulation without being boring <laughs> to be a goalkeeper yes.
1: fair, fair enough i i uh I watched the um, AC Milan totally to segue into real life. I watched the AC Milan uh, Torino game last night. So AI and goalkeeping right now doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And if you watch the second half of that game, and if you're an AC Milan fan, you know exactly what I'm doing. What the hell is the keeping doing? Go watch the replays. Worst keeping I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Two goals in three minutes that were both terrible errors by Italy's number one. Anyway, he's, He's
0: supposed to be the best keeper in the world. It's like supposed to be the heir apparent to Gianluigi Buffon. Yeah, it wasn't yesterday. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well,
0: he wasn't yesterday. On that note, we'll take a short break just to, to let it breathe and to, uh, to refocus on actual soccer. And we'll be right back to preview the weekend. You are listening to Soccer Today. Follow us on Twitter at SoccerTodaySPN and like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash sports podcasting network. You can find the podcast version of all the shows we do on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Google Play Store, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you get your
1: podcast.
0: And we're back on soccer today. I'm Kevin Laramie with Dwayne Rollins. Dwayne, before we start looking at the games in Europe in Major League Soccer, the League One Ontario final, men's final, will be this weekend. And uh, can you tell us more? And it was announced earlier this year that it would be on one soccer what more can you tell us
1: uh, unfortunately and i'm not sure exactly why the one soccer is no longer able to carry the game tonight I, i'm guessing it's something technical i'll try and find out more tonight when i talk to dino dino rossi uh it is tonight actually at uh, eight o'clock kickoff at the interior soccer center up in bond between the gta you should know where that is but it's uh martin martin grove and Steels, basically a little bit north of that Uh, So you can catch if you're in Toronto and you want to go up, you catch the Martin Grove bus to the very top and then you walk about 20 minutes from there north. Uh, It's accessible. It takes a while because it does. It's up there, but it should be a fun game. Uh, The game is between FC London and uh, Masters, FC Masters, which is a SAC Academy club that's been around for since the beginning days of uh, League One Ontario. And actually, um, when I worked for League One Ontario... Uh, they were one of my main clubs that I covered all the time, so I'm excited to see them in there. It's a Scarborough-based club, um, and if you don't know what Scarborough is, Scarborough is the suburbs of Toronto. Uh, it is a rough-and-tumble kind of urban place, and in, in, in all that that entails. It's where Giro is from. It is where a lot of... Uh, famous Canadian national team players in the past are from. Uh, it is a club that has a lot of raw talent, but doesn't always consistently get that raw talent. is isn't able to consistently get that raw talent out. It's a very much urban versus suburban tonight, because i London is the exact opposite. It is a very wealthy, uh, rich club from a plum, like a, you know, tree lined sort of streets and all that sort of stuff. So this really truly is like the, Blue what collar. You dream of when you're setting it up from a marketing perspective. So
0: blue collar versus white collar. Who wins? Yeah,
1: precisely. And, and and it should be you know, and it's also you know a heavy favorite in, in FC London. They are pretty much they haven't won a League One Tour championship yet, uh, but they have been in the final before. Uh, they have always consistently been near the top. Their women's team is the powerhouse of the women's side of things. Uh, this would represent uh, a double for them um, if they were to get this job done. And um, it'd be a phenomenal season for FC London as a club, and, and I think that they would relish the opportunity to to take a shot in the in the Voyageurs Cup. Of course, the winner of tonight will go to the Voyager's Cup next year, so it's it's a big deal that way as well. Um, Masters, as I said, it's it's an underdog upset story. This is a great great news for a club that has a lot of raw talent but hasn't always had the ability to get things together. Like they, they just last thought on it. Masters plays in. Um, this public park <laughs> that is up in the middle of nowhere and sometimes you have to fight with the softball people to get on the, the field in time and the lights don't sometimes work it, it, it's, I don't want to over romanticize it but it kind of is romantic that they've made it here and it, 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 it's a fun story that way. Yeah.
0: You and I don't have the same definition of romantic but that's okay I, I, I kind of like that too it's the the real world aspect of soccer yeah. and what can happen oh, oh, and,
1: like, it is I hated covering games up there I'm not going to lie but it's because <laughs> it was so hard to get to and, and I would, my responsibility was make sure the lights went off and they just sometimes randomly
0: turn <laughs> off it's, like, it's yeah. your responsibility but yeah, like nothing you could do to affect it you're like yeah it's my <laughs> responsibility but it goes well or not it ain't my fault so that there's a difference Lamarou
1: they play at Lamarou <laughs> that's the name of the stadium
0: anyway also Forge of the Canadian Premier League can clinch the spot in the final this weekend we all know it's going to be Forge Cavalry, but it can be official, and maybe they can start selling tickets after this weekend when Forge, uh, with a win or a point, I believe can clinch their spot in the Canadian Premier League final for the first year of existence.
1: Yeah, per well, it has clearly been, I was having a wrong conversation, it, yesterday with someone uh, associated with it. I tweeted a couple of, bit of news bits from it as well. If you want to look at my Twitter feed and uh, we'll talk more about all this stuff on Tuesday on two Solitudes, which I've also already talked once today. So I won't bother to bore you too much. Um, two dollars a too month.
0: Patreon.com slash sports podcast. Yes. Exactly. But
1: uh, really what I, what they said and what I agree with is both forage and cavalry have been so clearly a step above the rest of the league. And, you know, we were given our classifications. We think that both Forge and Cavalry would be very solid USL playoff teams. The rest of them probably would be struggling near the, champion, the league one USL level. But that's fine for a start of this league. And it's good that they have these two dominant programs that are proven, you know, proof of concept. They both have clubs that are fed into it. And, and I think that that... Really, is the best news from the Canadian Premier League in the first year is that the two clubs that had this existing infrastructure and had these clubs that were doing great things on the development side have been rewarded by being two clearly the two best teams in the league this year, and that should should allow future teams to come in to understand that this is the model. So, if you're in Saskatoon, listening to right now, get that level below you working before yeah. you make the jump, and you will jump in at a higher level.
0: So you got a year uh, to you got a year to get a a U sixteen program to U eighteen yeah, programme. Precisely. Program I mean they're
1: around. PDL level stuff there already, but yeah. it's 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 yeah, that, that's the way to go. If and, we go back to it, our
0: to our interview with Joe Bellin a few weeks ago, it's it's the distances between association that makes it difficult for it to mainstream one place where the Select, like the Select program. Could be, uh, but it is uh, something to keep an eye on. And next week, Tuesday, the Just All Two Salt Soccer Podcast will be available for two dollars a month at Patreon.com/slash Sports Podcasting Network. We had an episode drop on Wednesday this week that you can check out right now as well on our premium feed available at Patreon.com/slash Sports Podcasting Network. Premier League this weekend. It's a more of a quiet weekend, but there's one game that caught my attention, and that game is Monday, Dwayne, three p.m. The struggling Manchester United versus the struggling Arsenal. Now, will a team get a win? That's the question.
1: Yeah, I mean, Arsenal's more of an up and down, I would classify. And and look, yeah, both these teams, it's all context, right? Both of those clubs are top half of the Premier League clubs. But when you're used to seeing them battling at the top, this is a weird sort of situation. But then again... Since twenty thirteen, since Manchester United has truly been a championship contending team. They of course won the championship in twenty thirteen and in, in Ferguson's last season. Um Van Percy brought Van Percy in for that year, if you recall. In, in his very last breath, he, he managed to catch capture, capture the championship. There were some myself at the time that suggested that they were um sacrificing the future, the immediate future for for one last run for Fergie. I guess maybe we'll you could blame them for doing that. They did actually win the title. Arsenal been even longer. It's been a decade since Arsenal is truly a championship-contending team, at least. And and it's a good game, but is it a championship-contending game? No. This is a battle for key points in the battle for four, five, six. Ah, uh, yeah. That's that's still worthwhile. I don't want to dismiss that, but when you're those clubs are used to much more. Although I don't know, you know, I was listening to Football Ramble earlier this week, and they were joking about how like a ten-year-old has grown up, you know, and and all has only known Arsenal to to not be a championship containing team. This is a conscious human being that might actually be at the game that doesn't know of <laughs> anything other than what they are now.
0: Well that's true. That's true. So that's the game that caught my attention in England for this weekend. Mm-hmm. I have one in England, one in Spain, and one in Italy and then we'll move to major league soccer, Dwayne. Italy is coming. Spain is on your screen right now. There's a couple of good games. Bilbao Valencia will be interesting. But the game this weekend, that's the game for the entirety of Europe, lane. Atletico Madrid. Real Madrid. Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time.
1: Yeah, Well, the Madrid derby is... It's more than just the Madrid derby now. I think that realistically, with Barca's struggles, it's... And you look at Real Madrid, which actually has, with a couple wins in the league, now found itself back on top um it's a battle for the championship it's a battle what you think these two teams might be the two teams battling out at the end so yeah huge game and for the first time in a long time at probably goes into this at least equal favorite that's not something they're used to they are very much used to being the plucky underdog that is more supported by the locals in, in Madrid. You know, that they, they all have that chip on their shoulder as, as the smaller of the two teams, but the team that has more blue-collar and more local support, like, it reminds me of another team, that, another dynamic that no longer exists, but used to um, a little bit further north in England that I'm talking about in blue and red there. But it's it's a very similar dynamic. But for the first time in a long time, they might actually be on equal footing and, and have an opportunity to knock them off. But if you look at the history of Atleti and Real Madrid... It's not very pretty for the underdogs in that one.
0: So, so yeah. big game there. Yeah. Big game there. Now, moving to Italy. No, I'm not going to choose Piemonte Calcio versus SPAL uh, tomorrow. My choice of game of the week for Italy, Sunday, 9 a.m. So, uh, just before going to church or instead of going to church, if you go to church or if you it don't. Might be
1: the church for you. you know? That's
0: Church of football, baby. That's a good name for a show. I think it exists already. Udinese, Bologna, 9 a.m. Sunday. No, it's not because Joey Saputo and the owner of the Montreal Back owns Bologna. But Bologna is a feel-good story in Serie in A so far this year. They were second last week before the games this weekend, and I haven't looked at the standings since. But Udinese, Bologna, for me, is a t- two teams that were similar in th- their rankings or hierarchy. In Serie A now, with the great amount of money invested by Joey Saputo and Walter Sabatini in Bologna this off season, Bologna is a bit more top five team right now. So Bologna Udinese is my third game of the weekend in Europe this weekend.
1: It's Sonia Mizio Udinese. Uh, she'll, she'd be happy to tell us now that uh, the original team wears the Black and White Stripes uh, before, before Juve. Um, anyway, that's, uh, that's Sonia's team, if you don't know. Uh, yeah, that uh, Bologna would be interesting to watch that one. Serie A, this is what I'll say in general. Um, I've watched a lot more Serie A this year than I have in the past. That's because I have BN on my phone, and, yeah. or sorry, DAZN in my mm-hmm. phone, and uh, there's only a couple leagues on there, so that's I watch the games that are there. And uh, it's actually been pretty entertaining. So if you haven't given it a chance, and if you still have images of 1990s Serie A in your head, it's not really like that anymore. No, it, they're actually trying they're,
0: to score goals now. It's not just about defending and breaking yeah, ankles.
1: So that AC Milan-Torino uh, game last night, uh, goalkeeping areas aside, was was a pretty good game. Um, and AC Milan looked great for large swaps of it and then completely chopped up the bit in the second half and with in a madness minute of ten minutes. It was a good game. Uh and Torino is a, a nice plunky team that's uh you know sort of where its level is. But yeah, and that's just one example Fiorentino I watched the other week and they were very entertaining and they're near the bottom. Got Frank Ribéry, uh, lots scored. of fun stuff in Syria this year.
0: Yeah it is. All right, now it's time for the bread and butter. It's time for Major League Soccer. New York Rebels, D.C. United. All the games in the Eastern Conference are at 5 p.m. All the games in the Western Conference are at 7.30 p.m., both Eastern time. New York Rebels, D.C. United, the Montreal Impact, Atlanta United, New England, NYC FC, Chicago, Toronto FC, Columbus, Philadelphia, and Cincinnati, Orlando. In the Eastern Conference, which game? Of course, you're going to say Toronto, I, I imagine, but out of those six games, which one? Take all you fancy.
1: Game, right? It's that's the big one there in terms of the rivalry and, and where they stand in the standings. Which one? You wanted,
0: just you just cut out for a second, so I just want to make sure the listeners heard you. It,
1: it, yeah, sorry, I, I said the DC, DC. I'm going to be watching DC to be a, it, it all comes down to the playoff battles at this point, right? You mentioned Toronto. Yeah, I wouldn't say a neutral would be all that interested in Toronto Fire, but uh, although it is the last time, you know, the second, is it the last? I think it is the last game to, uh, to, uh, to go to Park. Is it not, or do they play the last week as well? I'm not uh, sure, but...
0: Let me just check in a second. Uh, so I'll check, and I'll give you the answer in a couple minutes. Yeah,
1: I was just saying, you're going to be looking in the middle of both the East and the West. That's where the battles still remain. Well, it's more towards the bottom of the West and in the middle of the East. That's where the interesting stuff lies. So you want to know what D.C., New York, Toronto are doing. You want to see... What, uh, whatever the hell, who wants to grab hold of the rings in the western side of the conference, which has suddenly become, <laughs> yeah, every it is bit as, as hard yeah. to find wins in as these, so
0: and it is the last game at Toyota Park ever, moving to Soldier Field next year in proper Chicago. So for the Chicago Fire, it's the last go around in Bridgeview,
1: yeah. Well, Bridgeview, hopefully, they. <laughs> Bridgeview FC, USL, Chicago Fires, sure. Reserve Team, they, they, they've got to use that stadium for something, surely, right?
0: I have a good idea of what to do with that stadium, but it does involve the soccer team. It involves a big, big, big machinery and uh, wrecking ball. But look,
1: I, I like the stadium. I know you saw a there. i <laughs> never been that. there before. <laughs> I like the design of the stadium is what I'll say. The is look... it's a nice...
0: Solid ball. Fine. The end zone, though, looks kind of wonky. I don't know. It is it's it is what it is. It's stadia. It, it's, stadia it's also been be close it's to 10
1: years since I was there. So. Yeah,
0: but it, it's a, stadia in itself is subjective, right? So, so it's hard to to be able to. As you can see, you have the standings on your screen. Of course, LAFC has clinched the supporter shield. And the way CFC is uh, very close. It's, well, they will finish. They're not close like... Official by a point because Philly, if Philly wins both and New York City loses both, Philly can finish top of the Eastern Conference, but realistically, NYCFC will win the Eastern Conference and will probably play their playoff game somewhere else than the regular stadium, which you heard here first because I talked about it last week and my prediction last week was City Field and guess what people are talking about now, Dwayne?
1: So, city Field, well, I mean, the only other logical place is, is Red Bull Arena, which is actually the <laughs> best choice that they have. That's hilarious. But it's, it's the same as the best choice for the Impact to play a game if they had to move it in the, in Toronto, the yeah. field, but they're not going to do that for, which, for obvious reasons. They're going
0: to the Olympic Stadium. The president kind of mentioned it yesterday. So, February, Olympic Stadium, let's make history. Oh
1: now, boy, this Do uh, you paint the lines correctly?
0: Uh, hopefully this time, yes. There's been many games at an Olympic Stadium and only once that that happened, so...
1: I swear to God, it was to sell more beer. I might have worked. It worked.
0: Might have worked. Oh,
1: we did. Oh, trust me, it did.
0: <laughs> Let's now look at the Western Conference. This weekend, games are Sunday, seven thirty p.m. in the Western Conference: Minnesota, LAFC, Colorado FC, Dallas, LA Galaxy, Vancouver, San Jose, Seattle, Real Salt Lake, Houston, and Sporting Kansas City, Portland. What's fascinating here, Dwayne, is. We need to look at the the standings before we can actually even continue to talk about these teams because it's kind of crazy what's going on. Salt Lake, Portland, FC Dallas, and San Jose are battling for three playoff spots. One team will be left out and then the loss midweek of the earthquakes, the earthquakes might be the team being left out, but Salt Lake, Portland, and Dallas all want to be in the playoffs, but none... Wants to make sure that they are in the playoffs because they all lost midweek. And FC Dallas actually didn't play and they got the most amount of advantages (laughs) from this week. But, you know, one of these four teams will not make the playoffs and then we go back to where they're playing. So, let's take a look at Real Salt Lake. Real Salt Lake and their game against the Dynamo. They're in Salt Lake. Realistically, you would think Salt Lake would get the win here.
1: You would hope. Yeah. And RSL has been a funny club. I actually, they were second place a few weeks ago and then now they are where they are. And it's how tight the West has been. And I think they were a funny sleeper team with the sort of turmoil they had in the middle of the year. They kind of fought through it. And then they do this. They, they kind of struggle for a little bit. Dallas on the other end, you talk about Dallas. I think they'd be perfectly happy to sort of sneak into seventh place considering all the changes they made in the off seasons. Um, but the rest of the season, Portland and teams like that, like, if they don't if like Portland doesn't make playoffs they' gotta blow things up really
0: well and with the the Valerie situation where yeah. they don't want to pay him and he doesn't want to he basically it, erase it's really goodbye. That in
1: time if they don't yeah. make playoffs
0: in my mind yeah, well it's kind of true, so we'll see and uh of course, we also have uh Portland. Portland are facing Kansas City, even though it's on the road, Portland should take care of this if they want an opportunity to be in the playoffs. But San Jose is at home, but against the Sounders. San Jose lost four straight games. They could Jose, miss the dude, playoffs. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say they could miss the playoffs after having one of the best middle of the season in the first beginning to the midseason in the entire league, they could miss the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I, I, I we talked about this last week, and I look first off, a couple thoughts on this. San Jose has clearly done very well considering how low they were last year. So that's the first thing. Uh, Even if they finished eighth, it really it's going to be disappointing to their fans for sure. Uh, Wondolowski is probably, you know, he's near in the end. they want to have one last playoff run for it, Um, all that sort of good stuff. But realistically, you've got to look at that as progress. And, and, you know, in the offseason, they build upon what they've done. But I think the team's figured them out. They have a very unique style of play. And in the CCL last year for Chivas, uh, it was very difficult for teams to adjust. Saw it firsthand in the first leg at It it was confusing the hell out of out of a TFC team that was flying at the time. So that's what they did. For they they caught teams off guard. But then the tape gets there and people start to see it. They start to prepare for it, and then the talent level starts to matter. Now, if you can combine that talent level with that sort of unconventional play and the intensity that it brings, then I think that they could really have something something positive moving forward next year. And you know, when we do our predictions in, in March, I can't believe I'm thinking that far ahead. But when we do, you know, probably. <laughs> Probably, if they add the right players, we're we're looking at them as a playoff team next year. But I, I sort of saw this coming about three or weeks out. They they quietly they were as good as they were. Everyone was talking about them when they were doing well. No one was talking about them, you know, on August twentieth when they would lost a couple, you know, September first and like, hey, you notice San Jose kind of falling again. Yeah, Yeah. I think that they're finding their level, and and they should look at the positives overall. Yeah, they should quickly.
0: We'll just finish this here, Dwayne. Colorado and Dallas are facing each other on Sunday, and that's fascinating because Colorado, if they win two games, they can still be eliminated because of the goal differential they are minus six, they conceded six goals. If they win two games, they would have 13 wins. And Dallas, if they continue there and they lose the game, so it could be very close. Colorado could make the playoffs. They're not eliminated yet, but they're very close. They're five points behind San Jose, and they're six points behind Dallas. They need Dallas to lose both their games remaining, and they need to win both their games. But Colorado, they were far from the playoffs, and now they're still one of the last teams not eliminated in the Western Conference. So, of course, if uh, it's easy to say now if you would have fired Anthony Hudson a couple of weeks earlier, bringing Robin Fraser a couple of weeks earlier, maybe today you're in the playoff conversation. But out of FC Dallas, because I believe Real Salt Lake, 47 points, is safe. Now it goes to Portland. Portland has 13 wins, so regardless of what happens in the next two games, they might have a win more than Dallas. So if there's a tiebreaker there, Portland, like we might have a three-team tiebreaker. Portland, Dallas, and San Jose might be equal on points at the end of the season. But because of the differential and the win, we'll see who makes it. Portland, I believe, will make it. So there's only one spot left in my mind, and it's going to be between Dallas and San Jose. The question is, can Dallas beat Colorado on the road? Colorado's been playing really well under Robert Fraser, And can San Jose beat Seattle at home? Who's going to make the playoffs between those two teams, Dwayne?
1: Um, I have a sneaky feeling Dallas will be the last team in. Um I... I I said or sort of implied why a, a minute ago. Uh, I'll tell you this though, you, you mentioned Colorado is not likely they're like a 1% chance at this point. Um, but if they were to somehow by miracle find their way in, I don't think anyone wants to play them because of the style they've been on. But I, I would be pegging Dallas to, to grab that last spot and probably with Portland as well. So that's who I think is going to get in. But uh, who God knows, who knows, <laughs> who knows in this league, right? It, it's a yeah. mess in the middle. The other thing you've got to look for is, uh, Two last thoughts for the day. Quickly, for those that don't know, I know a lot of people, they don't like to ask these questions they don't want to seem dumb. So I'll tell you. First tiebreaker is win. Second tiebreaker is goal dip. That's how it does. So just look at the win column as your first tiebreaker. That's the most important thing. And then goal differential from there. Um, Most teams are very similar in the goal difference around there as well. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is uh, I forgot now, so uh, I'm just going to move on and uh, say, uh, <laughs> Kevin, you, you can take us to close if you like.
0: We have a big weekend of soccer in front of us. Dwayne and I will watch all the soccer we can, and we'll be back on Monday to give you our thoughts of the world of football with a soccer perspective. You can follow Dwayne on social media at 24th Minute and myself at Kevlarme and this show at Soccer Today. SPN Live Monday to Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern or close to it on our Twitter feed, you can find the podcast version anywhere you get your podcasts, and if you like what we do, please consider supporting us and helping us devote more time, more resources to what we do here at the Sports Podcast Network, patreon.com slash Podcasting network, new tiers are in the work, and we need to talk about it, but it's going to be probably November or December that we do the rollout, but again we do appreciate your support over the years and thank you very much for doing so and also you can find a video replay of our show, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and anywhere you get your podcast. Until Monday, as always, for Dwayne Rollins, I'm Kevin Laramie. We wish you a great soccer. You can find the podcast version of all the shows we do on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you get your
1: podcast.